0: Amen. Well, we're looking together into God's Word this evening. Our Bible reading is taken from the Gospel of Matthew and the chapter 26. The Gospel of Matthew and the chapter 26. We're moving down the chapter to the 14th verse. We're going to read a section from this chapter. Matthew chapter 26 and verse 14. Then one of the twelve, called Judas Iscariot, went on to the chief priests and said unto them, What will ye give me, and I will deliver him unto you? And they covenanted with him for thirty pieces of silver, And from that time, he sought opportunity to betray him. Now, the first day of the Feast of Unleavened Bread, the disciples came to Jesus, saying unto him, "'Where wilt thou that we prepare for thee to eat the Passover?' And he said, "'Go into the city to such a man, and say unto him, "'The Master saith, "'My time is at hand.' I will keep the Passover at thy house with my disciples. And the disciples did as Jesus had appointed them, and they made ready the Passover. Now when the even was come, he sat down with the twelve. And as they did eat, he said, Verily I say unto you that one of you shall betray me. And they were exceeding sorrowful, and began every one of them to say unto him, Lord, is it I? And he answered and said, He that dippeth his hand with me in the dish, the same shall betray me. The Son of Man goeth as it is written of him, but woe unto that man by whom the Son of Man is betrayed. It had been good for that man if he had not been born. Then Judas, which betrayed him, answered and said, Master, is it I? He said unto him, Thou hast said. Amen. We land there at verse 25, and may the Lord add his own blessing to this public reading from his own precious and infallible word. Amen. Let us turn to God's precious word together. We have been reading from the Gospel of Matthew and the chapter 26. I mentioned this morning that the title of my message tonight was, A Lost Soul. And as we have read together in this portion of Scripture, you may have deduced that that lost soul that I'm speaking about tonight is Judas Iscariot. And I would center my thoughts around words in verse 24. And there we read, The Son of Man goeth as it is written of him, but woe unto that man by whom the Son of Man is betrayed. It had been good for that man if he had not been born a lost Soul. Let's just unite together and ask the Lord for help in the ministry of His Word. Our Heavenly Father, we do praise Thee tonight for Thy presence with us here. We rejoice, O God, that we can sing Thy praise together. We can offer the sacrifice of praise to God continually. That is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks unto Thy great name. And even as we would come, our Father, now to meditate upon thy precious word, thou knowest, O God, the solemnity of the message tonight, as we would come to consider a lost soul. We pray, O God, that thou would speak even powerfully to hearts tonight. Help us as thy children to realize that we have been delivered from the wrath to come. But, oh, if there's one tonight that's still unconverted, oh, Lord, speak personally and speak powerfully to their heart tonight and that even this night would be the night of their salvation. Hear and answer prayer and abide with us now. We ask it for Jesus' sake. Amen. Judas Iscariot was one of the twelve disciples, And his name is listed alongside the other disciples. But whenever the list appears in the Gospels, giving the names of the disciples, the name of Judas Iscariot always appears last. There in Matthew chapter 10, and from the second verse, you would have the beginning of the list there. Now, the names of the twelve apostles are these. And then it ends in verse 4, referring to Simon the Canaanite and Judas Iscariot, who also betrayed him. Judas Iscariot, who also betrayed him. In the Gospel of Mark and the chapter 3, Again, you have a list of the names of the disciples. And when you come down Mark chapter 3 to the verse 19, it says, And Judas Iscariot, which also betrayed him, and they went into an house. Again, the name Judas Iscariot is appearing last on the list of disciples. And in the gospel of Luke, and in the chapter 6, again, you have those names listed. And as you come down, Luke chapter 6 to the verse 16, it says, And Judas, the brother of James, and Judas Iscariot, which also was the traitor. Not only does the name Judas Iscariot appear last on the list. Of the names of the disciples, but every time his name is mentioned, it is linked to the betrayal. Judas Iscariot the betrayer, Judas Iscariot the traitor, and his name has made its way into the dictionary. Judas is listed as being the traitor. And yet here was a man who enjoyed the highest possible privileges in life. Here was a man who knew what it was to be in the very presence of deity, to be in the presence of the Son of God, to be there in the presence of the Lord Jesus Christ, to be a chosen apostle, to be there with the Lord, to accompany him, to walk with the Lord, and to talk with the Lord, and to be a witness of the grace and the majesty of the Lord, to hear those messages from the lips of the Savior. Can you imagine what it must have been like to hear the Savior preaching the word? There was Judas present, He would have witnessed the miracles of the Lord Jesus Christ, witnessing the very power of God. What tremendous privileges Judas Iscariot enjoyed, but he remained unconverted. Even though to those around him, they wouldn't have realized that. Not one of the other disciples suspected him for a moment. In fact, if you were following in our Bible reading, the Lord came to reveal to his disciples that one of you shall betray me. As the Lord was eating with his disciples, our Bible reading there, the verse 21, and as they did eat, he said, Verily, I say unto you that one of you shall betray me. And each of the disciples who heard that from the Lord Jesus Christ, do you know they immediately began to suspect themselves? Verse 22, And they were exceeding sorrowful and began every one of them to say unto him, Lord, is it I? They began every one of them each of those disciples all said to the Lord, Lord, is it I? They weren't for one moment suspecting Judas Iscariot. He had kept silent at that point. Did you notice where we ended our reading in verse 25? Starts with the word then, then. That is, when all of the other disciples had already asked the Lord about themselves and they'd all suspected and doubted themselves and it was then Judas, he's the last. Judas, which betrayed him, answered and said, Master, is it I? He said unto him, Thou hast said, Thou hast said. The Lord there gives that indication of the one who would betray him. And Judas Iscariot, his name becomes synonymous with that act of betrayal. He betrayed the sinless, spotless Lamb of God. It was treachery. It was betrayal against innocent blood. Judas Iscariot came to a very sorrowful end guilt. Guilt gripped his heart. And in the end, he could not live with himself. And you would learn from the book of Acts in the chapter 1 that Judas Iscariot actually took his own life in a horrific way. He attempted to hang himself, but either the rope broke or either his body was torn asunder, but either way he was dashed to a pulp. And in Acts chapter 1, in verse 25, it says that he may take part of this ministry and apostleship from which Judas by transgression fell, that he might go to his own place. And the Word of God records it of Judas Iscariot, the one who betrayed the Lord Jesus Christ. You can see there something of his final abode. He went to his own place. He went to the place where his transgression took him, the place that was fitting for his conduct and the eternal abode of Judas is in that place called hell. And as we think tonight about a lost soul, I want us to think briefly about this individual, Judas Iscariot. We think firstly about the character of Judas. In our Bible reading there in Matthew chapter 26, the early part of the chapter, which we didn't read, it describes there a woman. A woman with an alabaster box of very precious ointment and she came there in Bethany in the home of Simon the leper and she came to where the Savior was and she broke the alabaster box of precious ointment and she anointed the Lord Jesus Christ. And the Lord said that she had anointed him for his burial. But that act of the woman was an act of great devotion. And the breaking of the box and the pouring out of the precious ointment was uh, symbolizing the breaking of her heart and the pouring out of her heart's affection and love for the Lord Jesus Christ. But Judas can't contain himself. And where we took up our Bible reading in verse 14, it says, Then. And that's just at that particular point when this woman has performed this great act of devotion to the Lord Jesus Christ, and the Lord had said that this woman has what she had done would be told for a memorial of her. Then, then one of the twelve. Paul, Judas Iscariot went on to the chief priests and said unto them, "What will ye give me, and I will deliver him unto you And they covenanted with him for thirty pieces of silver. Judas Iscariot, who could not see the spiritual significance in what this woman had done in this act of devotion, but rather it reveals on his part a hard, carnal heart that he could see no further than the world's perspective. And he felt that this this was something of a great waste, a waste of precious ointment and a waste of money. And you look there in verses 8 and 9 of Matthew 26, but when his disciples saw it, that is, this act of devotion, they had indignation, saying, "'To what purpose is this waste?' For this ointment might have been sold for much and given to the poor. And so it's telling us there that it was the disciples. But whenever you look over to a parallel passage in John chapter 12... And commentators are split on whether this is John's account of the same incident or whether it's a completely different occasion for the anointing. But nevertheless, the point is still made here concerning Judas Iscariot. And in John chapter 12 and the verse 4, Then saith one of his disciples, Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, which should betray him, why was not this ointment sold for three hundred pence and given to the poor? This he said, not that he cared for the poor, but because he was a thief and had the bag and bare what was put therein. You see, these details in the Gospels, as you begin to piece them together, these references to Judas Iscariot, it's revealing to us something of his character. And we see there something of a selfish man, something of a covetous man, one who held the bag, and one who is called here in John 12 and 6 a thief. And he's not only a thief, he is a liar as well because he's a deceiver. And on the pretense of caring for the poor, he's saying that this was a terrible waste of money. But all it's doing to us this evening is revealing to us something of the character of this particular individual. He was a liar, he was a thief. And those things tend to go hand in hand. Those particular sins are very prevalent as the evils of society today, the violation of the Lord's commands. Thou shalt not steal, thou shalt not bear false witness, thou shalt not covet. Judas Iscariot is guilty of every one of those things. The Bible warns in Revelation 21 and verse 8, All liars shall have their part in the lake which burneth with fire and brimstone. And here you can see something of the heart, the nature, the spirit, the character of this particular man. And he's going now to the chief priests and he's seeking opportunity to betray the sinless, spotless Lamb of God. And you note the question that Judas would put to the priests whenever he went to them. There in our Bible reading in verse 15, he said unto them, What will ye give me? You see how covetous this man was? Do you see how desirous he was of of personal gain? What will ye give me? And he's hatching the plan to betray the Lord Jesus Christ. And here's a man who has been in the company of the Savior. Here is a man who has sat around the feet of the Lord Jesus Christ and has heard his word. In fact, he would have been present when the Lord said in Luke 12 and 15, beware of covetousness. But the word has fallen on deaf ears. And you tonight could be listening to the gospel message and you would never dream of betraying the Lord Jesus Christ. But yet, all time and energy would perhaps be going into getting gain. Just as Judas directed his energies here to what he could get and gain from the chief priests, and it was 30 pieces of silver. And he was coveting the silver as opposed to serving the Savior a covetous, discontented spirit of greed. And because of such a spirit, he has never repented of his sin. He has never trusted in the Lord Jesus Christ. But there he is with all of the privileges and with all of the show of religion. And it was a show in the flesh. It was all outward. The character of Judas Iscariot but secondly, the condemnation of Judas Iscariot. And you look there in our text of Scripture, the verse 24 of our Bible reading, The Son of Man goeth as it is written of him, but woe! but woe unto that man by whom the Son of Man is betrayed. And you can see here that there's a woe pronounced against Judas Iscariot, a woe from the lips of the Lord Jesus Christ, having done the deal Having sealed that act of betrayal and entered into a covenant with the chief priests concerning the 30 pieces of silver, he then audaciously returns to the presence of the Savior with the other 11, and they're there for the Passover. And they begin to eat the Passover, and they're taking the bread, and they're dipping it into the dish. And the Lord is revealing to them that one who's dipping into the dish alongside him is going to betray him. You see, the Lord the Lord knew all along what was to happen. And Judas was not deceiving the Lord Jesus Christ. The Savior shows us here his omniscience and how he knew all things. In fact, in John chapter 6, and there in the verse 70, it says, Jesus answered them, Have not I chosen you twelve, and one of you is a devil? I have chosen you twelve, and one of you is a devil. And so, right from the very outset, from the time of their choosing, the Lord is showing us here that He knew the heart of Judas all along. He's a devil. John chapter 13 came to that time when the Lord performed that great act of humility and he was washing the feet of his disciples. And in John 13 and the verse 10, Jesus saith to him, he that is washed needeth not save to wash his feet, but is clean every whit and year clean, but not all. Ye are clean, the Lord said to his disciples, but not all. You're not all clean. The very next verse goes on to say, For he knew who should betray him. Therefore said he, Ye are not all clean. And there's the Lord, and he's going down the line of disciples, and he's washing their feet, and he's saying to Peter, "Uh, You're all clean, but not all of you. Not all of you. For the Lord knew who should betray him. He was the devil. And he was the betrayer. And he was unclean. And John 13 and the verse 27 says, And after the sop, Satan entered into him. Then said Jesus unto him, That thou doest do quickly. Satan entered into him. And so we're seeing here a man who was able to put on a show of religion so that those who were round about him would never suspect him for one moment. But the Lord knew him and the Lord said, he's a devil. And the Lord said, he's unclean. And the Lord shows how Satan had entered into him. And here we're getting that picture of the lost soul, and in our text of Scripture, the Lord breathes out a woe against him, and the Lord says, woe unto that man by whom the Son of Man is betrayed. A woe. Startling words from the Lord Jesus Christ. Most especially when you consider the end of verse 24, where the Lord goes on to say, It had been good for that man if he had not been born. You think about those words. It had been good for that man if he had not been born. Such a condemnation from the lips of the Lord Jesus Christ. The Lord was saying it would have been better for him if he'd never been born at all. And I say tonight, that must be the strongest possible condemnation. Better not to be born than to be born and go to hell. That's what the Savior is saying here better not to have been born than to be born and to go to hell. And what could be said of Judas Iscariot can be said of every unsaved soul if they fail to repent of their sin. And the Lord shows us here something of the enormity of sin. Well, sin is not to be passed over. Sin is not to be winked at, but there's the woe here that's breathed out from the Savior, the woe of divine judgment. It's the woe of hell fire. It's a woe against all who would reject the Lord Jesus Christ. John chapter 17. That's the great high priestly prayer of the Savior. And he speaks in that chapter about the security of his people. Speaking about his chosen and in John 17, in the verse 12, the Lord says, While I was with them in the world, I kept them in thy name. Those that thou gavest me I have kept, and none of them is lost. And then the Lord says, But the son of perdition, that the Scripture might be fulfilled. And the Lord, from his own lips here, is telling us that Judas Iscariot was a lost soul. None of them is lost. That is, none of whom the Father has given to the Son. None of that number will ever be lost. None of the chosen will ever be lost. But the Lord is showing us here in his great high priestly prayer that Judas was not part of that. Otherwise, he would have been saved. But he's called there by the Lord the Son of perdition. That word perdition, it actually means destruction or ruin or what it is to be lost. And if you know your Bible, you'll know that the son of perdition is a title that is given to the Antichrist. And here the Lord is referring to Judas Iscariot as the son of perdition. And that title actually refers to one who is set for damnation. Judas Iscariot is that lost soul. He stands condemned, condemned as the son of perdition. He manifested the very spirit of the Antichrist, his rejection of the Savior. So we thought about the character of Judas Iscariot and the condemnation of Judas Iscariot, but thirdly, the consequences of Judas Iscariot And there in Matthew chapter 27, the chapter that just follows our Bible reading, and in Matthew 27, look with me at the verses 3 and 4. Here's the outcome of the betrayal. It says in Matthew 27 and verse 3, Then Judas, which had betrayed him when he saw that he was condemned, repented himself, and brought again the thirty pieces of silver to the chief priests and elders, saying, I have sinned, in that I have betrayed the innocent blood. And they said, What is that to us? See thou to that. And he cast down the pieces of silver in the temple, and departed, and went, and hanged himself. There's the conclusion. You see, sin... When it is finished, bringeth forth death. You may look at those verses in Matthew 27 and you see the words, repented himself. But we have to say it wasn't true evangelical repentance of sin. What you're reading off there concerning Judas Iscariot was remorse. That whenever he realized there, It says in verse 3 of that chapter, when he saw that he was condemned, he wasn't referring to himself there. He was referring to the Lord Jesus Christ. And when he saw that he was now condemned to suffer and to bleed and to die, there's a guilt that really grips the heart of Judas And he feels now remorseful for what he has done, and he realizes there the consequences of his actions, that the Lord Jesus Christ is now condemned to go to Calvary, and he's going to be scourged. He's going to be beaten and bruised. His hands and feet are going to be nailed. He's going to bear the wrath of man and then he's going to bear the wrath of God and he's going to make that sacrifice for sin. He himself would become sin as he bore our sins in his own body upon the tree. And because of that, Judas now feels that guilt and that guilt is crushing him. And because of that guilt, he will throw down the pieces of silver and he will go out and he will hang himself and his bowels will burst asunder. You see the terrible consequences of sin. Some are brought under the guilt of sin and they they have difficulty coping with that guilt. There are others, and they will not feel their guilt. They will not experience that guilt until eternity. But it's a heavy burden to bear. And Judas Iscariot, with all of that guilt, the money, the 30 pieces of silver, it could not comfort, it could not console him. He just cast it away. You see, the work of sin in the life of Judas... And it took him to that place called hell. He went to his own place. You know, whenever the disciples and Judas there were with the Lord, and Judas went out into the night and he left them. And as he left them, the Lord Jesus began to speak about heaven. John 14, I go to prepare a place for you And he brought that great contrast for the disciples that were with him. There in the upper room, they were given the assurance of heaven. And Judas was set as that soul that was doomed and damned for all eternity. We want to learn from Judas tonight, but we wouldn't want to follow him. We wouldn't want to make the mistakes that he made, the privileges, the opportunities, and all that he experienced and all that he witnessed concerning the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. And to think at the end of it all, he found himself in his own place. He found himself in hell. It would be terrible tonight for those that have sat in a free Presbyterian church listen to the preaching of the gospel week after week, maybe even year after year, and to go out into eternity, and to be a lost soul. You know, when Judas came to that act of betrayal with the Lord Jesus Christ, and they came there into the garden to arrest him, Judas was to identify the Lord, and that act of betrayal was a false show of affection. He kissed the Savior. Can you imagine that? The Lord Jesus Christ said, I am the door. By me, if any man enter in, he shall be saved. You know what Judas did? He kissed the door to heaven and he went to hell. Don't make the mistake that Judas made. May the Lord bless his word to our hearts this evening. We're going to.